This is, uh, what is this with the nut grabbing? This is such a, like a, a strange, like masculine thing. I guess so. I think it's a big fear of boys. Okay. It's like, you know, monsters or robots will grab our junk. Yeah. Like Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where two unlikely gore hounds delve into our horror movie notebook from college, in which we meticulously kept track of every film we watched in the horror movie section of our local video store. In our quest to learn how to survive and to ensure we end up as, as the, the final, final girl. girl. Join Julia and Marion as we revisit the classic and obscure horror VHS we viewed and logged in our notebook, breaking each movie down one by one, geeking out over all the ghastly minutiae, and ultimately illuminating the path to survival. Hi, everyone. Hello. Welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. I'm Julia. I'm Marion. This is episode 71, entitled BB. Because <laughs> we're talking about. <laughs> that was a really authentic BB. <laughs> Thank um, you. I try. Yeah. 1986's <laughs> Deadly Friend. Yep. Uh, directed by Wes Craven, but not written by him. No, um, uh, based on a novel. Okay. Uh, by Diana Henstel, simply titled Friend. Got it. Uh, tagline for this movie a little confusing. <laughs> There's no one alive who'll play with the girl next door. What is that? What? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense grammatically or <laughs> for this film. I don't know what that means. Hmm, I feel like someone wrote that in the back of a napkin and slid it in. And yeah, nick what, ha- time. what happened? The Hills Have Eyes one was so good. So is this, because this is 86, right? Yes. So Nightmare is 84. Mm-hmm. So is this the next film he did? I cannot verify that okay. with 100% accuracy. I'm sad but, to say. I mean, we're real close, right? We're, we're real close. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. This movie is interesting this is where we're over, we're all over the place tonally with this film we and i know are. there's a lot of behind the scenes there is a lot of drama, drama behind the scenes. about yes. it okay so uh, apparently the novel the characters are are much younger okay. they're like 12 13 and uh paul who is our main character in the book his nickname is piggy because he's very very fat oh okay and so that's part of his like he's unpopular he has no friends this is why he's building robots but he's also a genius and like uh-huh. but now he's like super hunky guy in his 20s so right okay you know, got it those that kind of thing sure uh, who has this robot he has built uh-huh BB, named bb who is voiced by uh charles fleischer who uh was also so roger, roger rabbit. rabbit okay yeah and there was a very there was some i didn't know it was charles fleischer rewatching it but uh-huh. then i was like he sounds like roger rabbit sometimes also sounds like a gremlin sometimes also sounds like a jawa sometimes it's just inexplicable noises come out Some of this of robot. So but... annoying. I'm like, thank God we don't have to listen to BB for that entire fucking movie because yeah. I would just, like, it would make it even worse. Yeah. Uh, but you have to remember that Charles Fleischer was also in Nightmare on Elm Street because he plays the doctor in the dream clinic she That's goes right. to. That's right. Oh, okay. So carrying on over. Got it. So he's part of the roster of Craven actors. Um, so the beginning of this uh, film, so we'll go, we'll basically, as we, as we get into it, we'll kind of uh, discuss point by point how this movie tonally goes all over the place. But um, yeah, the beginning of this film, is a guy trying to break into a car and steal a purse and uh, he hears a noise from the back of the seemingly abandoned car that says BB and a robot arm comes out and chokes him and he like stumbles out of the car and stumbles away and is like what is that? Um, Cut to totally different scene where we meet Paul Conway and his mom who are moving into a new house with uh, Paul's robot that he made called BB um, which is a pretty 80s-tastic, kind of short-circuit sort of looking robot, but more Mm family-friendly, like yellows and a round face and kind of looks adorable, I guess, as robots go. Except for the horrible voice. Except for the horrible voice. Why would you choose that voice for your robot? This is the question I have. So the robot like rolls along, but it it seems to 
talk to itself. So like as it's going, and I guess in an effort to make it charming, it's just like just like making little noises like as it is being a robot. And I guess it, I, I don't know, I guess it's meant to just sort of make it harmless and oh, look, it's just an ineffectual little thing. I just that can't doesn't imagine I... as Paul having to listen to that yeah. all the time, that horrible, like, horrible voice. I'm like, cut the wires on the speaker of this thing. And also like teach it, like he, you have to have a ramp for it. So it's like getting it in and out of the car. It's a lot of, it's a lot of work. But he is a kid genius who is now going to be taking some courses at the, and teaching some courses at the college. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and he meets a local like newspaper delivery boy kid named Tom who meets the, who sees the robot and is like, you have a robot? Let's be friends. Yeah. <laughs> Which I guess you would in 1986. That's pretty fair. Um, I feel like I'll, we've talked often about sort of these unlikely friendships, but I like sometimes when characters meet each other and then are immediately friends. Sometimes you're like, all right, movie. But I feel like in this case, it's like, you have a robot? Oh, we're totally friends yeah. now. Like, I totally buy that. You're the new kid and you have a robot? Let's we're we're in. Let's do this thing. Um, so uh, so they're basically, uh, uh, she also, he also meets the cute girl next door who is Sam, played by Christy Swanson. Um, and immediately you get the sense that like all is not well in Sam's universe, that she it's just her and her dad who lives next door, but they have bruises uh, all over her arm and she kind of tries to hide them. And you're like, all right. Um, the opening of this, the tone of this is super like 80s movie of the week. It's mm-hmm. like you meet the kind of the across the street neighbor, this woman named Elvira Parker played by Anne Ramsey of Goonies fame. And uh, and it's like, oh, she's so crazy and she's paranoid. And if we toss our balls in her yard, she won't give them back. And um, They also have the the biker gang, the like kind of motorbike gang. Right. Uh-huh. Who they have a tall, Paul and Tom have an encounter with and uh, BB grabs the guy by the nuts. Yep. Uh, what is this with the nut grabbing? This is such a, like a, a strange, like masculine a big fear thing. thing. I guess so. I think it's a big fear of boys. Okay. It's like, you know, monsters or robots will grab our junk. Yeah. Like, But then there was a the character in Christine, Mooch, who just grabbed the guy's nuts in the in the fight as well. So it's even humans. Uh, yeah, human monsters. I'm all human kinds of monsters. <laughs> all kinds of monsters. <laughs> Anyone could grab my junk at any time. Yes. They must you must feel very vulnerable, fellas. <laughs> like and girls are like, what? what is what, what is the obsession? What, what, what? Don't understand. Um so yeah, the get the motor cycle goons kind of vow revenge and you know kind of take off um and you know sam comes over sam starts to kind of become more involved in paul in the mom's life she comes over with cookies and it's like oh she seems really nice but then the dad who's super creepy yeah. comes over and it's like oh sam can't hang out anymore we should have to go home we have to do things at home like she has to leave um and there's like you know the, there's a number of dream sequences and i think the dream sequences are where that this movie starts to you kind of be like, what movie is this? Mm-hmm. Or the first dream sequence is the dad like leering over the bed at Sam. Um, and she like he starts attacking her and she freaks out and breaks a vase um, and stabs him and he starts bleeding all over her. And it, that sequence and that dream sequence is kind of like something out of Nightmare on Elm Street mm-hmm. where like the earlier part of this film that's like movie of the week, family friendly, just totally it's yeah. bloodtastic all it's over like her. The vase is in the middle of his chest. So it's just like spurting out of the vase onto her face and it's just right. Christy Swanson wallowing in blood for a good 30 seconds. And you're like, what is happening? And then it's like, oh, Dream. Just a dream. Yeah. But like a super dark. And I think the sort of the story about this is that he wanted to make a movie that wasn't necessarily like full blown horror, what he was known for horror, and purposely make something more family friendly and was told afterwards, like, you got to West Craven it up, man. Like, what yeah. are you doing? And so there are these dream sequences and other sequences in the film that are purposely inserted. And you can 
super feel them being purposely inserted. Yeah, because they feel, it, they feel like they break the rhythm of the film. It's just coming mm-hmm. out of left field. Uh, it's, it feels like Wes Craven's, most of his career is him fighting against being Wes Craven. I know. <laughs> you're like, no, no, just give into it, man. I know. This, but, mo- this movie is a definite fight. This movie is a fight between like two sides yeah, of the filmmaker. Yeah, because I think he wanted to make more of like a romantic, like Paul and Sam kind mm-hmm. of thing. And like love conquers all odds, perhaps. Right. Yeah. This is not what this movie is. Nope, sure um, not. So the kids go out on uh, Halloween mm-hmm. to go trick-or-treating. Mm-hmm. I would like to note that Paul does not dress up for Halloween, but Sam and Tom do. He's like, I got a robot. I don't got to do anything. He's like, I'm kid genius. I'm kid, kid genius. Geniuses don't dress up for Halloween. <laughs> Did you know that? Maybe, maybe that's true. I don't know. Um, but yeah, they. Uh, I, I, I like also, too, that they have a, a, a sequence before that where um, they're all playing basketball together. Um, and Paul, probably the actor, is a terrible basketball player, like really, really bad. Um, and they, the basketball gets thrown into Elvira's yard and she keeps the ball which she will regret later on in this film. Um, and so, yes, they do have Halloween night and they, it, it is Halloween night and they decide that they're going to use BB because uh, it's like a, like a master lock is like yeah. the lock for her fence to like keep everyone out. And it's like, well, BB can just do all these like codes super, super fast and, and like super fast and unlock the, the uh, gate and we can just go inside and get our ball. And like, that seems like a good idea. How could that go wrong? Yeah, well, they're just going to trick her a little bit. It's Halloween, right? She's got a good sense of humor. Yeah. We've established that. <laughs> as we've established. She didn't come out and shoot a, you know, point a shotgun in her faces or anything. Right. Uh, but Sam, so they unlock the gate and Sam's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to go up and do it. Yep. Uh, but it all goes terribly wrong. Yeah. And BB gets a shotgun to the face. Yeah. And Paul reacts like it's a human being totally. shot. Totally. And again, that's where you're like, oh, interesting with like are we gonna go the frankenstein route on this paul i think we're gonna go the frankenstein mm-hmm. route on this we're like your creation is like your babies yes. like your the monsters that you've made yeah because he fully flips out um you're like it's a robot you could build another one but no, yeah that's not no. how it he's is like baby and it's like very dramatic um and uh and so yeah so you know the few weeks later they have a thanksgiving dinner sam and paul are getting closer they have an adorable kiss in the driveway between their houses and christy swanson has adorable girl next next door Hundred percent, great. She's yeah. adorable. No problems there. Um, yeah, you could see why Paul would be into that. Um, and so she goes home, and the dad kind of starts smacking her around a little bit, and he knocks her down the stairs, um, and she is brain dead. Like she has to go to the hospital, um, and uh, and like that. They're like, you know, they're going to decide that at some point they're going to have to like turn off the switches, and the dad is kind of okay with them turning off everything that's keeping her alive because he doesn't really want her to wake up because he's doing the like, oh, she fell on, I don't know, like some books her or something. Stuff she yeah. didn't clean up. And... Oh, it was her fault. I was dad of the year and this just happened. But meanwhile, Paul, as a budding uh, robot builder, engineer, and brain surgeon uh-huh. simultaneously, <laughs> uh, he's like, he's no, the total package. He's like, no, no, I can come up with a plan. So he's like, yeah. not fully like buying that she's going to be dead because he's like, I can fix it. Definitely. And Tom, he's telling Tom this, and Tom's like, are you fucking out of your mind? Yeah. Like, that's no, this is not a thing. I like Tom as as the voice of reason. Who I is do just too. like disbelieving in all of it. Like, and yet kind of goes along with all of it. Um. So, to, so the beginning of Paul's plan is to drug his own mother, yes. which you're like wow movie so like they roofie he roofies his mom basically and they all go to watch tv and then she passes out and then like let's take the keys to the van and get out of here um they head to the hospital and they have decided or been told that they're going to switch sam off at nine o'clock so he has to get there at nine o'clock to kind of do this whole thing um and as they pull up into the uh in front of the uh hospital tom has a line in this film that i like a lot where 
uh, he says, mother drugging, car theft, reckless driving without a license, illegal trespass. We're going to be old when we get out, <laughs> which I enjoy. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but the doctors have decided they're going to actually throw the switch early. Um, and I feel like this is where Paul gets into kind of his full, like Victor Frankenstein about saving Sam. Um, and his plan is quite complicated. Can it, I just say that? Yeah, it is. Yeah. You want to go through it? Cause it's like, it involves kidnapping her. To start yes. off with. Well, he's they're like he's dressed like an orderly and yes. Tom has got to throw the power so that there's chaos so that right. he can get her and nobody will notice. Right. But then workmen come down there and like foil everything. Like they're there. It's, it's So they can't he can't switch off the switch when he is supposed to. So, and also she's already been turned off. Yeah, she's dead already. So she's technically dead already, but it doesn't stop him. He grabs yeah. her anyway um, and smuggles her back down the ramp, back into the van. Um, and as Tom's like helping uh Paul get uh, Sam in he's like I'm going to throw up and Paul's like throw up later like no time um, so basically the plan is is to put BB's CPU in Sam's brain mm-hmm. um, and he's going to put her in the shed while she's recovering so yeah basically brain surgery like he can do brain surgery yeah. that's that's a thing and the brain surgery stuff is gross yeah they really gross. he like Wes Craven's not show, not shy of showing like brain right and again because this whole thing is sort of very family of the week a family movie of the week not only kind of in subject matter but the way it's shot this movie is like very overlit i feel like you know the shots kind of feel almost like a television series from the 80s mm-hmm. and um it's just it's not a very and it's interesting because i feel considering that nightmare came two years earlier yeah. the shooting style is totally different totally different and so you get that sense too that like he really felt like he was making a totally different film yeah and yet we're now doing brain surgery on 16 right. year old girls uh-huh. uh, and so, tom is fainting yeah uh can't handle it um and so uh they come back and they f- they find mom yeah who wakes up um and the they, cops they but they think that they she's dead first yeah at first they're like you've killed your mother and then it's like a whole different movie you're like oh no did he kill his mother uh-huh like, I, I measured it precisely but then no, mom's no just... she wakes up and it's fine um and then sam eventually does come too um and in the beginning she doesn't really talk she's just kind of fixated on looking out like at her dad through the shed um and they're kind of he's kind of treating her with kid gloves like he doesn't really know what's going to happen and how she's going to be and basically sam's look when she is now bb is basically christy swanson with her face all black and like dark circles under her eyes all white you mean or all white sorry and like dark circles under her eyes like yeah, that's her kind hair's of a little messed up right from the brain surgery mm-hmm. but and she still has all her hair but she has like bb hands so they're like that's when she starts claws. walking yeah the, the thing is uh christy swanson uh, <laughs> <laughs> we I always like to step up for our fellow I, actors i want to be nice i really want to be nice but she's she's not good in this film it's not convincing she's not scary and she's not a very good robot either yeah so, it's just it feels like somebody like and i guess i think she was like actually 16 when she made this so just like you know lord knows what i would have done at 16 in this thing but like i feel like it just it looks like an actor doing mime work yeah you know and also like the weird claw hand thing is bizarre because you know like that's not I, I don't know I just feel like like BB's hands didn't really look like that and BB's hands didn't really operate like that and, and it doesn't she doesn't always operate like that like no. she only has them sometimes yeah and then when she runs she just runs yeah. like there's not like robot run kind no so it's 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 confusing and weird and I like the idea of um it kind of reminds me of some of these other sort of Frankenstein movies where like whoever the monster or the creature is uh wakes up 
and is confused as to what it is, is mm-hmm. confused to the identity. So, you know, kind of in the early days of this, when you see her kind of looking at the dad and, well, that house is kind of familiar and you're kind of familiar, but like, I don't know what I am or what's going on because it's all muddled up. That I think is really cool. I think it just gets into silly territory when it's like the actress is walking around trying to talk like a robot or walk like a robot. And mm-hmm. I don't really know what the point of that is. And can I, uh, can a horror movie star a good tip? If you, if you do have an errant robot, <laughs> always bring your remote with you because he never bring, brings the remote anywhere. Yeah. And I'll make you, but, uh, yeah. Cause she, uh, you know, very soon after BB's awakening, yeah. uh, into this body of Sam, you can tell that she's not, she doesn't listen to orders. She's yeah. not like interested in that. And so right. what's your plan, man? Like, yeah. You've, you know, I, I think that Paul is so upset by the Sam's death that he doesn't fully think through his plan, right? Which is oh, always yeah. Frankenstein's downfall. Totally. Like he doesn't think of the consequences mm-hmm. of his actions. Yeah. And then starts to realize I've created a monster and now I can't stop it. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. It's like if Deadly Friend was meant to be, was teenage Frankenstein, fantastic. Like yeah. I'm fully into that as like Wes Craven's swallow up tonight on Elm Street. Awesome. But that is not what this movie is. And you kind of wish it definitely needs to commit to like a bit. And I know that's not probably the story he wanted to tell. But to me, that's the interesting story in this that I feel like the movie occasionally just touches with like two fingers and then walks away from for large chunks of time. And it's kind of a bummer because you're like, oh, that would be interesting where it's like a teenage boy who like his first crush dies and he can't accept it. So he'll bring her back. It'll be great. I'll bring her back. And then she's totally insane. Right. Fantastic. And like suburbia, fantastic. Great, great concept. But we could write that one. We could totally write that one. But alas, that is not the movie we were watching. That is not this movie. Um, so she does escape from the shed and she finds her dad in the basement of her house. Lures him downstairs with bourbon. Right. <laughs> um, and you know, and then that's when everything you can tell, like the influence of like be more Wes Craven comes back into this movie because she breaks his hand, she like melts him against the furnace and snaps her neck and like all this stuff. And then Paul comes down and is like, and Oh puts my god, his head in the fire, right? And then it's like, Oh my god, what have you done? And then like he like begins the you know, multitude of covering up bodies, lies covering upon up. lies, Paul. Yeah, um, I would and, say just burying somebody in a in a coal barn thing, I don't know, which is under a suburban house, yeah. Like cold where, furnaces? Where are they? I don't know. This is are the, they in California? Uh, I don't know where they are. Where, it seems kind of California. I've never seen a coal bin in my life, so I can't really say. But <laughs> yeah. uh, it seemed like a big one. Yeah. And that's but that. it's like you're just like shoving the hand in. It's probably not that well buried. Probably not that. Um, and so then there's sort of like stalking Elvira sequence, the evil neighbor across the street. She's and watching the bad seed. She is watching the bad seed. This whole sequence uh, with her, um, you know, obviously Am- Am Ramsey is a delight, but... Um, it's really different than the stuff with the dad. Like it's a, this, this section of the movie like took its time and was a lot more nuanced and like, does she hear a noise? Does she? And it's strange to do it with a character that is really kind of so supporting, so secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed it like filmmaking side, but it felt a little padding to me where sure. we're just trying to like extend this thing. Well, it's also like, you know, you have the dad's death, which isn't funny. It's horrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you have this death, which is like, kind of silly yeah um and then it's gonna go real silly uh, really silly this is probably the probably one of the silliest west craven deaths i think of all time yeah it's pretty it's pretty silly where yeah. she uh you have christy swanson throwing a basketball at am ramsey's head and Anne ramsey's head exploding explodes it's a great head explosion i'll yeah. never say no to one of those uh-huh uh, but believing that that ball came from christy swanson's hand and right. killed like exploded her head that bad and then you have probably the head not. the headless body just kind of wandering a bit yeah and then you have a confusing thing too where like later uh you know tom and paul and everyone kind of shows up and they're like hey what's going on and the body is taken out by uh, uh under a sheet 
and clearly the head is still under the sheet. Mm -hmm. So like clearly that was not, you know, she was designed to die a different way. And so there's, you know, it's just kind of things like this where it's like not everyone is playing the same game. Um, I would like to have seen the movie that Wes Craven wanted to make. I'm I'm sad that we're going to get this, we get this crazy like mishmash because yeah. I'm sure for him in his head, like I had this great movie got, that got ruined. Right. And for everybody else, it's just like, oh, this movie's terrible. And like, how do you... Yeah. I like Teenage Frankenstein movie. I'm I all do. for that. I'm I all. I, I would be. I would be into that. Uh, we do have a great nightmare. Another nightmare. Uh, a little theme. Yeah. That we, Mr. Craven likes to return to uh-huh. of uh, the dad, fried dad, coming out of Paul's bed, which mm-hmm. is a great, a good. Yeah. Scare. Felt very nightmare though. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. And so basically, yeah. Sam goes back to Patrick. Um. And he decides to keep Paul. her. In, oh, sorry. Goes back to Paul's. Who's Patrick. I don't know. <laughs> there is his real name isn't even Patrick. <laughs> I don't know. That just came out of my head. Um. Uh. Goes back to Paul's. And he decides rather than the shed to keep her in the attic now. Um, and uh, and and Sam has that interesting, which again, I feel like the story is more interesting where she see, finds a picture of herself with them and is like, kind of recognizes it, kind of recognizes that girl. Is that me? Is that? And he finds her crying in yeah. his room. Um, and, uh, and Tom has decided it's too much like he can't can't be on board Finally, anymore Tom. yeah but he does that thing which i think is a horror movie survival guide mistake where he goes to paul who is already ps super off the rails yeah. and is like i'm gonna tell everyone just so you know before i go tell everyone i'm gonna tell you that i'm gonna go tell everyone yeah um, like, no, no, just tell everyone they don't um and course, they get in a fight um it's a pretty excellent fight yeah uh They're, it's a pretty good fight the two actors are really going for it yeah and tom gets sucker punched in the nose just as the mom walks in the door and is like, like what is going on what are you doing uh-huh um so, so but, now tom of course is like now I'm going to tell everybody, buddy. Right, but for but, but he also was like, "We'll come up and see Sam. Like, see her. You'll see. Don't tell everyone because if you do, they'll take her away. They'll kill her. Blah blah blah." And I like that, you know, because Paul's so gone that when he sees Sam, he kind of sees Sam the way that she was. And when Tom sees her, he's like, "You're nuts. Yeah. Like that is not Sam. That is clearly like that you made some weird dead friend. Totally put something in her head. Yeah, and like, now she she's... looks crazy. Are you seeing these robot claws? Like, come on, you know." Um, and so yeah, he's like basically he he fully bails and he's like i'm we're not we're not doing this um and that's also you get sort of getting the beginning inklings of like sam is not controllable the way that like paul thinks she is because she starts trying to strangle him and then she eventually bails and like jumps out the window yeah this is super, super, i feel like that shot i don't know if there was an 80s horror film that didn't have somebody going out the second story window yeah. like was that just the rule that you just had to where's that super cut i know i don't just people Wind, smashing windows, out of windows. Just, a, just in a 10-year period. So many people going out windows. I feel like mostly women. It's a lot of women going out windows. Mm. Like that was that was a big thing. Um, so the motorcycle gang returns. Um, and because, Paul gets beaten up so bad. Yeah. No, he's getting his ass kicked. Um, he was like, when, you had your robot grab my nuts. Of course I'm going to kill you yeah, now. I'm going to exact my revenge. Um, but Sam returns. And this is when she starts saying, BB, the way that, which again, just the silliness of Christy Swanson doing this is. And they're trying to make her look fierce as she's saying it, as if it's scary to say that. And it's not scary. It's no. just goofy. And you're like. And also, yeah, because I'm like, if that was meant to be like the signature robot line, couldn't there have been a scarier robot name? Yeah. I don't know what that name would be, but um, but I feel like there's something scarier out there to be had other than BB. Um, so, you know, so she basically just destroys the punks and like throws them into the cop cars and then runs away. And there's a lot of like it's a, it's sort of like the 80s equivalent of like pitchforks and torches of like chasing her. And she's scared and Paul's trying to get her before the cops get her and, you know, all that stuff. And they end up back at the shed and it all kind of uh, you, they have they're sort of 
playing around a little bit with like POVs where it's like her POV where sometimes it's the robot POV and then it starts to switch to like Sam's POV where it's not all pixelated and robot-y. becoming more human question marks or it's just like it's getting confused. Um, And so like Paul's like, come to me. Come on, Sam. Come on. And so sometimes it's Sam. Sometimes it's BB. The cops um, are there. It's a whole clusterfuck. And yeah. Like, and we all know what's going to happen. What's um, going to happen? Uh, the, she's going to rush one of the cops and they just unload on her. Um, and down she goes. Uh, and so she's just kind of left cradled in Paul's arms and he's heartbroken yet again. Um, and everyone else is just confused. Like, I don't, what? Um, and then this movie, just one more time, just to make us confused one more time, has this epilogue, which I don't understand. I'm just thoroughly feels so I'm tacked sure on. I'm sure Wes Craven doesn't understand it himself. Yeah. Why, why was I made to shoot this? I don't understand. Um, where Paul breaks in again to the morgue and pulls out Sam and she is alive and starts strangling him. And then Bibi the robot breaks out of her human body. Mm-hmm. It, like rips her face off and this robot underneath. I literally wrote in my notes, makes zero sense. I wrote, uh, lame. <laughs> <laughs> That's the big, an uppercase underline. Yeah. Lame. Like, uh, it does have a theme song. I'll give it that at the end. There's like the BB theme song that comes in. Wes Craven likes his theme song. No, he does. I know, I know. I'm just making a face at Julia right now where I'm just like, theme song does not save your it does not save. This unbelievable epilogue. It is a mess. It is a mess. It's a total mess. And it's not, it's 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 interesting because I sort of like it's like these, you know, train wreck movies where it's like, you know, really good directors. Yes. And you could just tell there were too many cooks in the kitchen. They were being made to pull in too many directions. So it's not bad because of its it's incompetent it just has no idea what it is and it's all over the place yes and you think of, like it's so hard with this craven because you look at he has so many masterpieces that are just like perfect films and then you have films like this like there's also like deadly blessing these kind of movies where yeah you're just like, what are you doing what i don't happening? i don't understand what this is yeah so uh deadly friend perhaps not his strongest perhaps not the film. strongest one um but if you want to see someone's head get blown up by a basketball then and who doesn't just watch the gif man this is the, it's, fair. <laughs> yeah. it's basically the movie yeah um so gore factor one not enough blood to fill a dixie cup two a puddle of blood three enough blood to gross out the average viewer four a bathtub of blood and five is run for that barf bag and we gave this a three enough blood to gross out the average viewer mostly basketball mostly Head exploded by basketball. Yeah. Uh, movie ratings: We have zero to five chainsawdas. 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 One if you're desperate. Two barely qualifies as a horror film. Three seen worse, seen better. Four not too shabby. Fine, fantastic oracle. Uh, you gave this a two. I did. Okay. I gave it a two and a half. What's the extra half word? I would guess it's for Paul being cute. Would be my guess. <laughs> If the I know half my, that it's always for because Paul's cute. Because there's a boy who's Was cute there any it. doubt? I know. Where, that's a guess in my brain, but I would guess a good Julia guess that that's what that's for. Okay. But, you're, but also the like, but it's Wes Craven. But it's Wes Craven and Maybe I want to like support sure. our Wes. The half for effort. It's a, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I think this definitely barely qualifies as a horror film. It's, um, not, it's not really scary. It's not really... And for people who like their horror films to be kind of goofy and, you know, like Last House is not for you, you like it to all kind of be like the blood is orange, everything right. is super fakey McFakington, then, you know, maybe this isn't for you, but it's not really it for me. But to be fair, it, this could be like, you wouldn't want to watch Last House on the left at a party, but you would no. want to watch Deadly Friend at a party. Definitely. you can definitely make fun of it and talk over it and it's fine. True. I'd rather see Dead Alive at a party though. 
Oh, well, yes. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. That's the thing is I feel like there are better movies. Yeah. If you're going to show watch all your friends, friends yeah. then why bother with them? Correct. Um, so next week, uh, we'll be continuing along our West Craven track uh, to another film he did in the 80s. This is 1989's Shocker, um, which is written and directed by Wes Craven. Yet again, probably something that he has stolen from real life or from literature or from history and decided to make terrifying. Yeah. Because that's what he does. And shocker it is. And shocker it is. Yeah. Um, so join us next week. You guys can always find us on all our social medias. We are the letter R into survival, Twitter, Instagram, and all the like. Um, so hit us up there and join us next week. All right. See you then. Bye.